folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch the baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar here, and joining me, he is the talent for the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, on-air talent, that is, and a producer as well, Gabe Henderson. What's up, Gabe? How are you, man? Thanks for having me on today. Looking forward to talking to you. Um, you were my first uh, media interview when I moved to Minneapolis this year, so it's, it's full circle for me. It's first first outside interview in 2021. It's like, why not? be on Matt Collar's podcast. So thanks for having me on. Was that the one where I said that maybe BC Johnson would have a bigger role than we expected, which worked out for two weeks. I was right <laughs> for two weeks. And then beyond that, uh, maybe not so much, but um, I am yep. sitting in the very same sun porch that you interviewed me in <laughs> when you first got here. And uh, I wanted to talk with you about your journey first before, um, you know, we get into some off season Vikings things and get your takes um, because you moved to work for the Vikings right in the middle of a pandemic and yeah. you know, with everything kind of going crazy. So give me, give me kind of the, the background of, of your career, where you started, how you ended up with the Vikings, and then what it was like to you know to have to deal with all of this as the world was kind of collapsing around you. Yeah, so long story long, but try to make it short. Uh, grew up in North Carolina, which I am right now. I actually came home like once the season ended. Um, but this is where I grew up, Raleigh, North Carolina. Then got a football scholarship to play at Liberty University um, as a quarterback. And um, once I got to Liberty University, a couple of years at quarterback, got a new coaching change. Turner Gill got there. He was like, all right, we think you're better suited at receiver. But we're going to have you play a little bit of quarterback. But that slowly transitioned to full-time receiver. And my junior, senior year, my, my best years of college as far as, like, just in college and production on the field, so both on and off the field. And by the time I had got done, I was like – by the time I got done finishing playing college football, I was like, hey, this NFL thing might be a thing, but I don't really love it that much. Um, I, I knew I wanted to do something in broadcast communications. That's what I majored in. I uh, got a minor in cinematic art. So I, I knew something was – progressing in the cinematic field um but eventually fast forward to january of 2015 so i went to liberty from 2010 to 2014 2015 got a call from an agent who was like hey i'm going to send you to dc where um i i know a guy he's going to train you we're going to train you get you up to speed for the draft world combine come april long story short went up there and trained 
I was phenomenal, best shape of my life. But I just didn't love it. I didn't love being on. I, didn't, I like just being on the field. It's just like ah, like I, I really don't love it anymore. Um, had a few workouts. Had three workouts after uh, my pro day, and I pretty much right before the draft, I was just like, you know what, I, I really don't want to do this anymore. So went back home, moved back home, got a job at a news station, my home home news station. At, it's called WRL in Raleigh. And then from WRL, I got a call back from Liberty University. It was like, hey, we got a position opening in our uh, media department. Like you'll be doing football, but the catch is you'll be doing you'll be doing our 43 club sports on top of football and basketball. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> so like hockey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So like hockey, equestrian, fencing, ra- uh, racquetball, rock climbing, just like Sports I had never even heard of. You got to think, like, for a football player, like, you're just so zoned in. It's like, right. all right, this is my one goal. I'm going to play football. So went back, best decision of my life. Ended up getting my master's there. Fast forward, my two years there was f- phenomenal. 2018, moved to D.C., quit my job at Liberty because I had started my own company called Our Storylines. And basically, I was like, you know, I'm just going to film weddings from here on out. And uh, the Washington football team. I would say uh, let, let's just keep it like that. So I, I had a, between 2016 and 2018, I had applied for about 200 jobs, all said no. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to quit my job and just start my own business. And the Washington football team, they said no six times. Hmm. So I was like, all right, whatever. So got to DC, well, got married, moved to DC where my wife was. And she was like, hey, just apply one more time to the Washington football team. Did surprisingly got the job. Hmm. So when I was there, I was a producer there, and, and my boss was like, dude, you should do some more on-air stuff. Like, you're really good with the players. And that formed into a lot of on-air talent. And then fast forward to um, me applying for the job with the Minnesota Vikings for what I'm doing right now and moving up here um, June 25th, a month after, uh, a month to the day after George Floyd died during the middle of a pandemic and a, a, a thousand, it was 1,123 miles across the country from Virginia where I was living at the moment to Minneapolis. That's why I said it's going to be a long story. So, yeah. Well, I relate to your long story. Uh, I would say that you were more athletically gifted uh, than I was. Um, <laughs> but uh, aside from that, um, kind of the same thing of moving your way up and taking odd jobs. And uh, I called a third tier indoor football league game once for, wow. um, well, it was supposed to be for like $100, but the owner of the team stiffed me on it and then offered me a gift card to a restaurant instead. And I said no, but it was, <laughs> it was I mean, it was, so the, here's the, the thing about that was uh, they played in like a convention center and the roof was too low to punt or kick field goals. So when they would line up to kick field goals, wherever it hit the roof, they would decide whether it was probably going in or not. The referees would have to make that decision. And then it was like, okay, it's good. It hit the roof kind of, you know, in the range of where it might have gone in. Um, so, Were there any line drives? Like, uh, it usually hit the roof. I mean, I mean, this is a convention center. It's not a NFL stadium. Um, even uh, you never got to go to Winter Park, the old facility. But even uh, in Winter Park, I mean, when they would punt it, it would go pretty high up toward the ceiling. And I think that they had to go to the stadium sometimes to practice. Um, I could I could be having that wrong, but I think the ceiling was too low. So when they built 
uh, TCO, they wanted the ceiling to be high enough to punt in there, wow. which, uh, you know, you can insert your jokes about punting, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I totally relate to your story because, uh, I sort of made my way up and then eventually had to pack everything in the U-Haul, put my Greyhound in there, my wife driving yeah. behind me and truck it a- across the country. And, uh, that's pretty cool. So you, you need to expand on your playing career though. So were you like uh, Cordell Stewart or something? Were you like slash as a wide receiver oh. slash quarterback? So I wouldn't say Cordell Stewart. It was probably more so like Armani Edwards. If you are a like big time college football fan, he was the Walter Payton man of the, he was not Walter Payton man of the year. We're hoping Eric Kendricks gets that, but he was the Walter Payton. I guess like he won the Walter Payton award twice, which is equivalent to the Heisman FBS. Hmm. So basically he played quarterback in college move uh, to receiver in the NFL. So I got brought in as a quarterback my freshman year. So I, I was like, number two quarterback in the state of North Carolina coming out of high school. And a lot of schools were like, dude, you're just too short. So I'm 5'11". They were like, dude, you're just too short to play quarterback. I'm just like, yo, do you not see like Russell right. Wilson and all these yeah. other guys? So um, when I got to Liberty, I was playing quarterback, but I redshirted. There was a quarterback um, in front of me who eventually went to the NFL. And like going into my – so I, I play wide receiver. I'm like – like I said, I, I, I talk in circles. So I play wide receiver. I, they were, my coach was like, hey, in order for you to get on the field your freshman year, you need to play wide receiver, but you're still going to sit into the quarterback's room because you're still eventually want you to be a quarterback. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I just want to play. Play my true freshman year wide receiver, redshirted my sophomore year mm. as a quarterback, and then a new coaching staff came in after my redshirt year. So like coming out of my redshirt year, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be the guy – and the new coaching staff saw it differently. And honestly, it was honestly one of the best decisions that somebody else could have made for me because it, it allowed me to see the game in a different perspective because at the quarterback position, like I knew everything that was going on and everything was kind of fast for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what's supposed to go on? So when I, when I moved to receiver, like I found myself in receiving rooms, in the receiving room, like telling other receivers, like, okay, this is what the quarterback is going mm-hmm. to do. Like, yeah. I'm clearing this. I'm running an over route for you to run the in route underneath. Like, I'm clearing the safety out for me. Just trust the process. So, by the time I moved to receiver, um, it, the, the game just slowed down. But like, I, I was a dual threat quarterback. I, I could I could throw about twenty twenty five yards now. So are you somewhere, I, I don't know if the years match up, uh, are you somewhere on NCAA football, the last version that came, like, are you number whatever? Can you find yourself yeah. on there? Yeah, so, NCAA, so wasn't 2014 the last year? It was, NCAA, yeah. So, yeah, so I was on, yeah, three years, so 2011, 12, That's and 13. Great. Well, 20, That's amazing. Well, I guess four years. I mean, and I still play it. I don't play with Liberty, but I still play the game. Well, come on. You've got to play with yourself. I mean, for me, uh, I've always, I mean, even though I am a grown-up now, always created myself on video games. I mean, from the very minute that video games allowed it, I started creating myself as like a, a spot-up three-point shooter, uh, which of which I am very good, by the way. Uh, at How tall shooting, are you? At shooting from deep. You're like 6'3 in real life, right? Oh, not that tall. No, I'm probably more like 6'1". Um, okay. But, uh, I mean, if you uh, take me out on the hard court, I am a spot-up three-point shooter and can't do anything okay. else in basketball. But I would try to create myself – as in what I would really be if I was a, an NBA player. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, if it's football, it's got to be the dual threat quarterback because it's video mm. games. And that that's funny that, you know, you're talking about being too short. But, I mean, on video games, we all created fast quarterbacks. And now the NFL is 80% fast quarterbacks. 
Seriously, and you see guys like Kyler Murray having success in the NFL, Russell Wilson, who I just talked about. There are so many quarterbacks who are six feet one and shorter, like actually making plays in the NFL. So it's crazy to see how the game has changed. Like the game has changed so much since, I guess in this case, 2010 until now, or even 2017 until until Mm -hmm. 2021 where we are right now. So it's just, dude, I I love the way the game is progressing. if you watch, I was talking to Ben Lieber, if you watch the Vikings game against the uh, Detroit Lions this past Sunday, like that's a millennial's dream, like over 900 yards of total offense, mm-hmm. 62, 72 points scored. Like that's what people want to see. So the evolving of the game is great. It's just more pressure on the defenses. I want to know what it was like for you when you first started working for, on this show, we call them the Washington Sharks. So the, uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you were working for a football team, um, because this year, obviously, you wouldn't have had many opportunities to get inside the locker room and things like that, which is really unfortunate because uh, for me as a reporter, you know, building little uh, relationships with players off the record, talking about music or video games or whatever, mm-hmm. things like that on the side that come up, that's sort of uh, you know a way for them to get to know you, to tell their stories eventually. And this year mm-hmm. it was just like yelling at people over Zoom. <laughs> this is not, not my favorite experience. Turn your, but, turn your camera sideways. Uh, the, the worst, the worst. I, I thought as a media, we had only one time where a reporter uh, on the Zoom maybe left uh, the audio on when they shouldn't have. And other than that, we did wow. pretty well. Not wow. completely botching it. Um, you know, we talked over each other a lot, but for the most part, we made it. We survived. Um, but what I was curious about is just you as a player at a very high level at, at Liberty um, and then getting to know and getting to see what NFL players kind of are made of. I, I wonder about that perspective from you were in the college room and then you see what the NFL guys are like. Yeah, so – I would say everyone in the NFL is pretty decent. So, like, the backups are really good. You have so – like, I hate when people say, like, Al- this year, this year's team, Alabama, could beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, like, no, never. Nope, nope. <laughs> like, that, not that's even so close. not true. Not even close. <laughs> like, that's so not true. Like, guys, I mean, you're – your mental, like your job now is just football. So you don't have to worry about books. You don't have to worry about classes. So you see guys, you know, taking, you know, putting on extra weight, you know, putting their focus into, you know, their craft because like that's basically their bodies is what get them paid. So transitioning from college to the NFL, like the mindset change, like it, it go, it went from, you know, books and learning to investments building your brand, social media. Like there, there were so many, so many different things. Like when I was talking to coaches, like there were so many different things that I was asked, like, how do you run your social media? How does your friend, do you, do your friends stay around? Like it was so like the, the mindset was different. So we're going to Washington after I said, you know, like this just isn't for me. Um, when I got to Washington, I was fortunate enough to have played with some of the guys that were on the team. Oh, I played really? against wow. some of the guys that were on the team. So even like last year, um, like Jimmy Moreland and uh, Cole Holcomb, like I played against those guys my senior year. And it was one of those things where I was just like, what changed, you know, it was, it was, it was I guess it was more so like that um, unhitting connection because you can just understand when you, when somebody played the game. And I never right. try to approach somebody, like I understand my job and my place within the organization, the Vikings or the Washington football team then. But at the same time, when it came to content, it's just like, 
look, these are some of the conversations we we had post game or we had uh, pre game that I feel like fans would want to know and hear this. And I and let's just have a, a censored conversation. And do you mind if I put a camera in front of us so we can record it? Because I feel like fans would know it. So understanding that the, the ins and outs of the game and how uh, the mentality changes from college to the NFL and then being fortunate enough to have played with some of these guys um, on the college level, it, I think it was just a seamless transition. And I, I just try to bring that to, to the content that I try to, that we try to put out um, wherever, wherever I was and where I am right now. Want to remind you about our friends at Soda Stick. If you use the promo code Purple Insider, you can get free shipping at SodaStick.com to get your original Minnesota sports inspired goods. There's so many great designs, including Chuck Foreman's Spin Doctor shirts, Skull hats, Straight Cash Homie shirts, and much, much more. And if you are a hockey fan without getting going soon or a basketball fan, make sure you check out all sorts of great designs. Their apparel is screen printed here in Minnesota on Super Soft super comfy shirts and hoodies you will love it that's sodastick.com s-o-t-a-s-t-i-c-k.com original minnesota sports inspired goods code purple insider for free shipping yeah that's a really unique perspective that you have to be able to have played at that high level obviously there are not many people working for teams or reporters who can relate um, to playing uh, at, at a high level like that and being in the locker room and be, being on a, a team that has all guys that are, you know, successful football players. And uh, it's a, it's a unique perspective that you are able to bring, which I think is really cool. And um, I also think, you know, it's funny when you know, someone like Ben Lieber or my friend Sage Rosenfels, I did a show with him for a long time and I, we were at camp one day and he was chatting with Kirk and I was kind of, kind of like close enough to overhear a little bit, but not trying to eavesdrop, but there's just like a, there's a connection between football players who have played at a high level. That's different. And I, I don't ever try to pretend that I have that with NFL mm-hmm. players, you know, like Jeremiah Searles does the show with me. He used to play for the Vikings and I get it that there's like a different level of connection with that, which I think is really cool. And not too many people in any media role really have that. So you should use that as much as you possibly can yeah. for your, for your but there, job. But there's there's definitely a, a line there too, right? Because yeah. yep. while you know I, I I didn't play like on a professional level, like you know in the NFL, and but however I did play with some of these guys, and I have a relationship. There is a, a line of like, hey, well we we still have I still have to do a job here, right? Yeah. Like yeah. so, I, I think that's the that's the thin line that you know a lot of these guys have to walk. It's just like, all right, do I want to lose my friendship or do I want to lose? Uh, my job so it, it's definitely a, a thin line that, that you have to walk but I think you know if you know how to walk the straight line I, I think you could you know really help both sides of the spectrum because I mean even as a reporter people can say well I've, I've never you know I've never been in the locker room like you have that like you have that that access right there like well I've talked to Kirk or I've talked to this person so it, it is a line of like well my mom wants me to ask you this. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's um it's a line, man. It's a line, but you know that's the that's the fun part of this business is being able to connect. Well, that's what I mean. I I think that um you kind of use anything that you have in common to find common ground and, and mm-hmm. get to understand another person's perspective to properly tell their story or even just have a better conversation with them. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, I have a 
absurd amount of knowledge of 1990s hip hop. And there are some players in the locker room who have been very surprised by this uh, because I did a story on how Jaleel Johnson kind of operated the music for the defensive line. So when Mm. I started having conversations with the defensive linemen, they were like, wait, you you know who these people are? And I'm like, yeah, man, I didn't have a lot else going on in college. I listened to a lot of music. So, uh, you know, you use anything that you can to try and get them to kind of understand you as a person, not just a reporter, and you can understand them on a personal level. And I think that that helps uh, boost the job. Now, this year for you, um, what a season to join. I mean, I picked the perfect season. But it's never normal. This is the thing you have to understand, that it never just is they play 16 games, you win some, you lose some, and then you move on. It's always got to be some crazy stuff happens, and you know it, it either yep. goes really, really well, like 13-3, and three, or not so well, like 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9. and nine. Um, But I, I'd love your perspective on just kind of getting here and getting to a team that was in transition – because everybody who's covered the team for the last few years, we covered the Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, Xavier Rose, this this group that had been together for a long time. You get here, and, and then all the faces suddenly change. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, coming into the Vikings this year, like, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person. Like, always have been, always will be. So I was very optimistic coming into, you know, this season. I was like, all right, well, we got a bunch of young guys. We still, we still have Daniel Hunter. We still have Eric Kendricks. Um, I, I, I just knew like from when we played the Vikings last year in Washington, that these familiar faces were the staples of this defense here in Minnesota. So coming in, I was like, I don't know what to expect, but I'm just going to be positive. And I learned pretty quickly that fans while they are positive, fans here are very realistic with themselves. So I got a lot of comments of like, dude, stop with the positivity, man. Like, <laughs> we, we know these corners are going to take some time for them to develop and this and that. But, dude, it was like I have so many stories um, just from talking to like Jeff Gladney. It was just like, hey, like, what are you expecting this year? And he was just like, you know, like, I, I don't know. You know, we all – talked about I mean Ben Gessling was the one who basically said we're going to get Jeff Gladney so I was like Ben you were right but when I talked to Jeff Gladney I was like dude like what are the expectations and it's like dude this playbook is just too much like this playbook is a lot and I was just like well you can't say that on camera but (laughs) but he eventually you know said it in the public was just like dude it's a lot learning two Mm -hmm. positions so it it, it took it, it was a it was a learning process for me trying to like build relationships with these guys virtually um, versus in person. Like I'm, I'm, I mean, you and I have talked plenty of times, like I'm, I'm very in your face and like not being able to like show my personality to some, like a player or be able to connect with the player because it's virtual was tough for me. Cause I'm just like, man, like, is, is this the theme for the entire year? Because when I got here, it was just like, Hey, Training camp's going to start in June. Will everybody be back in the building? There are going to be no tier system to every day there was something new. Well, we don't know the NFL season is going to happen. So it was more so like trying to, you know, walk the thin line of like, hey, you just moved here. You got to get all of your moving, you know, moving done. Like you got to learn your coworkers and then you got to perform on camera and then you got to build relationships so people can trust you. So it was a, it was a whirlwind, man, but. I couldn't. Ha- I wouldn't want to have it any any different because I feel like I grew this year because it it, it it's. I mean, in 2020, in a nutshell, it's like it forced everybody to take a step back, right? Yeah. But I, it really made me take a step back and say, like, I can't be in your face, so I got to take a step back and like find ways to be creative to bring 
uh, put good content out here. We talk about the uh, positivity, negativity thing uh, all the time because um, on one side of the spectrum, there's fans who want everybody fired all the time. And then on the other side, there's people who only want you to ever highlight the things that are good. And then I think Mm -hmm. the vast, vast majority are very realistic about Vikings fans uh, and then what you or or the Vikings and and where they're at. And I think Mm -hmm. that what you'll find is the self-deprecating Viking fan is probably the best one. Uh, The the one that assumes something crazy is going to go wrong for their team and is just along for the ride to have fun. And then, uh, you know, I'm sure that when you got here, uh, just like I did, I, I got here in 2016, which is one of their craziest years. Zimmer has his mm-hmm. eye hurt and uh, Teddy Bridgewater gets injured uh, literally on the day that I moved here. I was unpacking a moving truck as Teddy was getting hurt. So um, there's always something going on. And, and the reporters here told me like, oh, yeah, this is this is kind of how it goes. I was like, what? This is a crazy <laughs> season. Are you kidding me? They're like, well, yeah, I mean, it is. But, you know, you know, by this team standards, it's like a six out of ten. And uh, I didn't necessarily believe them at first until it took me just that 2016 season and then 2017 in the NFC Championship and all that to believe that, yeah, this is how it goes. So I wonder about your sort of finding out, like, this is the Vikings, man. Yeah, so I I won't name any names, but I I had someone who is well-respected within the Vikings who's been here for a while. And he, when I first got here, he was like, dude, every year that he's been here, it has been a theme of each year, whether it was the stadium collapsing or Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt or us missing the playoffs or Kirk signing. And then now the 2020, I mean, the pandemic in 2020, like there's always been something. But while there's always been something, you still pick the the worst time to move to Minneapolis. <laughs> so like that, that was very encouraging to, yeah. to hear that. Um, but even like in Washington, I feel like, you know, 2018 was Alex Smith. Like the theme was Alex Smith breaking his leg in 2018. Right. And then, yeah. of course, 2019, we all know what, what happened there. And then 2020 is like they make the playoffs. So I feel like every team has a theme. Um, but I didn't expect Vikings fans to be like, like everybody has a theme, but like, I feel like so many fan bases like want the best for their team. So they, they try to like ignore the fact of what's going on. Like when I got here, I was just like, all right, well, this is just going to be one of those ignore the facts. It's like, no, like this isn't going to be a great year. Like, do you see what we're like, wh- who we have at corner? Like we're missing everybody. So yeah, the, the, the theme this year definitely, uh, stuck to the script to say the least. Yeah. I think uh, what I have found in doing this and you probably will too, is you just have to say what you think and then it'll be taken. However, it's going to be taken because if you try to appease one side of that by being overly positive, then the negative people will be upset. And if you try to be overly negative, then the positive Mm -hmm. people don't want to hear it. So you just kind of have to tell people the truth and then, yeah, exactly. And then go from there. Uh, now I want to ask uh, your opinion on this off season, because mm-hmm. I think that it's super fascinating and there's so yeah. much to talk about because this team took a huge overhaul last off season and it's going to be overhauled again this season with, I think a yeah. lot of people um, moving out, potential key pieces moving out and you need to, you know, refill with the draft. You you need to spend in free agency. You know, there's contracts to deal with. Like, there's so much going on here. Uh, give me your top one or two of your list of most interesting things on the off season that that you want to look at. I I think every year, but more importantly this year, with the salary cap dropping, it. I think the my biggest thing is like, 
what are we going to address via free agency versus the draft? And then with that, I think it was, we still have 12 draft picks this year. So with that, do you, you know, use one of some of those draft picks? It'll be picks? more. Trust me, it'll be more. There will be, there will be <laughs> exactly. trades down. You prepare yourself right now. You talked about getting in shape for the NFL at one point. Get in shape for day three. That's what you need right. to get. That's what you need to be climbing the mountain like Rocky Four. That's what you need to be worried about is day three. Sorry, go ahead. My, like you got to be ready for that. <laughs> I think my second piece of content was uh, the draft. So I think we we came we went to the draft last year with eleven picks, and then we went to day three with eleven. <laughs> yes, right, right, fifteen um, total. I mean, so here, so here's us on one conference call after the next, just like who's this guy? Where is he from? We're like delirious by then. Brian, who? Like, <laughs> absolutely, like that. That that was, man. That like I think it's going to be a long night, but I I really do think. Rick has something up his sleeve with all with with everything going on. I mean, we we get Daniel Hunter back, we get Michael Pierce back, but you, you say like how how healthy are those guys? Like where are those guys at when it comes to the you know their mental capacity of attacking this season? I mean, I, I would assume they would be ready to go, but like the cornerback position isn't a need anymore. Um, like, do we need an edge rusher, edge, another edge rusher? Probably so. Do we need, you know, to address the defensive line, you know, maybe mix some things up? Probably so. But at the same time, you have so much depth there. So it's like, what do you address via free agency versus the draft? I mean, does this thing, do we, do we want to get younger as a defense or an offense? Like, there are so many ways that you can go. But I think, you know, the offense, the core is there on the offense. Like, we know we can score points. Um Everyone is talking about, do we address something with the O-line? I think, you know, you, you, you have to take a look. You have to take a look at every single position on this team. But even when you take a look at every single position on this team, you, you see a lot of upside. I mean, you, you talked about B.C. Johnson uh, earlier this offseason, last year, and it was like, hey, is B.C. Johnson going to be that guy? Well, I think this year the Vikings are looking for a solid third receiver. Mm-hmm. Can B.C. Johnson be that guy, or do they address that in the draft for free agency? Mm-hmm. Um same thing with, you know, um, Daniel Hunter. Is you know, we got 22, 23 sacks this year. Daniel Hunter had fourteen and a half the year before <laughs> right. by himself. Right. It's like, all right, well, if you bring Daniel Hunter back to this team, that this group of guys that you have, you got thirty-seven sacks right there. So, like, is that enough, or do you address that in free agency or the draft? So, dude, there are so many ways you can go, but at the same time. With the salary cap, I mean, I may be wrong on this. With the salary cap reducing this year, I, I think having a lot of draft picks is a good thing. So I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge for an initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that wants to grow, Hustle is an open-door level 
leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. Go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box to find out more. That's bwhustle.com slash join. I agree. And having a lot of draft picks from last year is a good thing because, you know, in year one, it's very hard to tell who's going to be ready to take that step in year two or who might surprise you that you didn't see. And that's what I I was going to ask you is just um, when you look at the group of younger players, they're going to have to go forward with some guys. They can't just sign free agents for every single position. Like, oh, let's get a couple of three techs, a couple of DNs, a couple of more corners. Like, you can't have this huge – you know, grocery list in free agency, they're going to have to be very diligent about where they spend. So I'm wondering if, if you thought there was somebody that stuck out to you from maybe the last class or th- this year's uh, draft class that you think, hey, maybe that guy ends up taking that next step or uh, maybe he might have to be relied upon going into the future. Um, I think the, the most obvious choice is Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney. Um, both of those guys, uh, came in with very well Jeff Gladney with a, a extremely high ceiling. We we know uh, Mike Zimmer loves his corners. So Jeff Gladney getting nine snaps the first game of the season to playing every single snap the last game of the season, last few games of the season. It's like all right, well we we have we have a, a nickel cornerback for the future. And then you got Cameron Dantzler. Like you don't see many six two corners with his coverage ability in the NFL at mm-hmm. at that age. So it's like, hey, put on some more weight this offseason. We all know, you know, NFL players make their biggest jump um, in their career from year Mm -hmm. one to year two. So it's like, all right, well, the expectations are are so much higher now for those guys because, like, you know, Cam Dancer is playing lights out at the end of the season. So is Jeff Gladney. So, like, we have two corners there. Now it's, you know, this Holton Hill, Mike Hughes, those guys get healthy. Do you bring those guys back at the same time? Do you address that in free agency? I I think – you have two starting cornerbacks already. So, you know, the, the off-season cornerback position being the number one priority, that goes out the window now because you got young guys that are developing. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Je- I mean, Justin Jefferson, uh, there's only going to be more pressure on him. But I think he's going to rise up to the occasion. Um, you, you can't – I just think you can't have 1,400 yards um, as a rookie and then drop off and have 700 yards next year. I don't expect that to happen. Yeah. But – like I said, there, there are so many guys um, in this year's draft class. Like, I think, you know, the, the, the trenches, like, there's a, a really deep class as far as O-line, D-line this mm-hmm. year in the draft class. And I think that's something that the Vikings want to uh, address. And I think this is the perfect year to do so. But when you got 13, 13 rookies that played this past year for the Vikings that got meaningful snaps, I, I think you build on that and address other positions um, in the offseason this year. So we'll find out more or less in free agency where they're going to go in the draft. But right now it's fun to talk about the draft because it's wide open, even though we've got some, a few months to go before the draft. All right. Wrap up on this point, your favorite thing that you learned about the state of Minnesota and being a Minnesotan while you were here this year. And I know that that was unfortunately limited by COVID to some extent, but this is, this is an outdoorsy place. So um, tell me what, what you learned or what you loved about being a Minnesotan. So what I learned is that since Minnesota has been a state, the only month that it has not snowed in the state of Minnesota is August. (laughs) 
Little bit of July <laughs> snow. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so it's either July or one of those two months. I believe it's August that I heard. So August is the only month it has never snowed in Minnesota from what I was told. But honestly, even with everything going on, man, like it's been a weird year. Well, 2020 has been a weird year. 2021 is getting off to a weird start. But like I, I, I'm really starting to find Minnesota to to feel like home a little bit. Like I, being from the South, being from North Carolina, like we don't like cold weather here. But for some <laughs> yeah. reason, like I, I, I love the cold weather. Like I love the snow. Mm. Like I, I love winter nights. And Minnesota, there's a nostalgia feel when you, when you drive. Um, I mean, because we've all been driving at nights, looking at Christmas lights. Yeah. So, um, just like driving at night, seeing the snow on the side of the road, the Christmas lights up, like there's a nostalgia feel about Minnesota. Um, the people are very passionate. Like people love the brand. Um, biking outside in the snow though, that that's still yeah, pretty that's weird. A little aggressive. Yeah. That's a little aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I agree with you that when it's like 29 degrees and it's snowing with big flakes and there's no wind, it's beautiful. Now when it's 10 below, and your car won't start, and your eyelids freeze, maybe not so much. But you ran away to North Carolina, so uh, <laughs> you might not have to deal with that if you're going to stay there. Um, but, yeah, one of the other things, I'll give you one more before we wrap up. People love to wear or tattoo themselves with the state of Minnesota, which is yeah. I, I grew up in New York, and they had the, like, I love New York thing. So every once in a while you'd see someone wearing a free T-shirt that said, I love New York. But – People didn't like tattoo New York on their bodies. They will tattoo uh, Minnesota on their bodies and they will wear shirts and they will wear hats. People who are from there of the state. And I think that that's great. I think the love from Minnesotans of Minnesota is yeah. amazing. And uh, it's one of my favorite parts of living here. Every single person in Minnesota, I'm convinced every single person in Minnesota has a twins hat. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Like I see so many twins hats. I'm like, God, you guys love your teams. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, Gabe Henderson, well, you uh, did an awesome job this year. It was really great to get to know you, uh, mostly virtually. So I look forward to the day where we can get to know each other, like, a little closer as human beings. Uh, it's just a weird Absolutely, thing. Absolutely, man. Like, I'm tired of these virtual handshakes. Uh, yeah, like, I know. I know. Well, yeah, you are actually the only person in probably the, uh, the last year who has uh, dapped me up. I think yeah. it was just like a natural dapping reaction from you when we met each other in the press box. And I was like, I don't think we're allowed to do that, but I've been quarantining. So we're good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like, that's just, I don't know. Like, that's just who I am. Like I'm, I'm going to like, I'll keep the hand sanitizer on deck, but if I see you and like, we're in close vicinity, like I'll dap you up and then move back to have a conversation. But I don't know, man, there's something about just making making people feel welcome and i feel like a dap or a pound is always making people feel welcome so it's it's just a very weird i mean the same thing with like do a lot of times when i would do interviews in the locker room um you know you talk to somebody you thank them you shake their hand you know whatever mm -hmm. um linval joseph once patted me on the back after an interview and i think my spine has never been the same <laughs> because he's the strongest man i like i was the I weigh like 200 pounds and I, and I moved when he just patted me on the back to say like, have a good day or whatever. It's like, it's crazy. But you, but well, those that, are, those are little things that you sort of forget until, you know, this happens. Yeah. If that's the case, you, you do not ever want to shake Adrian Peterson's hand. Um, I have never done that, but I've heard it's crazy. Yeah. You, you won't have a hand for about 20 minutes. Like <laughs> it, 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 the strongest grip you'll ever see, but yeah, you're right, man. It's just, 
being able to have physical interaction is is huge. So hopefully we can get back to that in 2021. And I'm looking for I'm looking forward to like actually having a conversation with you like physically doing an interview physically. So man, best of luck. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Gabe A. Henderson and uh, terrific work working uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. And we will do this again sometime in the offseason. And maybe my predictions, if I'm on your show, will go back. Oh, yeah. You know, you know we're doing it. You know we're doing it. I, I'm going to have you on soon. So Sounds good. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me.